most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 288 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. And it's 2023. <laughs> it's our first episode of 2023. Yep. We typically start with a weekly catch-up, which is a bit of a misnomer in this Yeah, sense. in this... Yeah, in given, this setting. <laughs> yeah, given we haven't podcasted since November. AJ Jones, fill the people in on what we've done since we last talked. So we, well, for November and December, really we just rested hardcore and just had fun and Define de- resting hardcore. Well, for me, it was a lot of reading and uh, I've started painting again. So I did a lot of um, painting and just yeah, trying to be creative, which felt felt good for my heart. Yeah, yeah. I uh, played lots of video games. Yes, I didn't play lots of video games. I played two video games a lot. Yeah, like you hundred percented two massive video games. Yeah, I did, and I feel very proud of that. <laughs> Scripture. I was having lunch with a friend today, and we were talking about that verse in Hebrews says, "See to it that you labor to enter His rest." Uh huh. It takes hard work. To get into rest. It does. I was wondering how you... No, no, it sounds ridiculous. Like, oh, super hard work to paint all day and and video edit. But I think both of us really wanted to fast forward through the process so we could work out what we're doing with our life. Yes. It did feel like it was making a conscious choice each day. No, we decided we were going to rest. Stay in rest. To stay in rest and not try to switch to planning. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so we stayed in rest. Yep. We made Christmas. We had Christmas. It was super chill. I think it's the first, well, other than the one thing that you just made the face about. Yes. We had a dis- We. AJ had a decision. Oh, I love how this is going so far. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> did you or did you not come up with the genius idea that we're going to completely redo our daughter's birthday for her Christmas? No, that's not even English. Why don't you tell us? I didn't come up with the idea that we're going to redo her birthday for her Christmas. Oh, what did I say? I mean, that's what you said. <laughs> swap birthday for bedroom. Uh-huh. Yes, I did after, because uh, Tia had been coming down and painting with me mm-hmm. downstairs, and she had made a comment about how she hated pink, and I was like, you hate pink, but your bedroom's pink. She's like, I hate my bedroom. And I was like, what? On the inside. Because mm-hmm. I knew she didn't choose those colors. Those were from when they were much younger and whatever. But I didn't know she hated it. No idea. And she is, I would say she's probably our highest contemplator in terms of she gets real stuck on like when you're like, what would you like for Christmas? What would you like for your birthday? She just doesn't know. Right. Contemplator being someone who likes to think deeply about the decisions they're going to make. Yeah. And she doesn't. Yeah. So she just gets kind of stuck. And so when we were talking to them about Christmas, she was like, I don't know. And she just knew she wanted some books because that's pretty much all she does is read. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I came up with the genius idea of redoing her bedroom for her Christmas present. And the slight problem with the genius idea was was what? Well, there was a couple problems. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so... um. Painted the room, which went great. Yeah. So it's now one less room in our house that is still builder's beige, mm-hmm. my hated color. Can I can I take over and speed up the process? Yes, go yeah. ahead. Also, we had some slight... I mean, I don't really want to go into it because it's such a long, arduous story. The, the point is, it took us 
when you said it was like a laid back, it wasn't laid back. We were out trying to find furniture on Christmas Eve so that the child would actually have a present to open. Well, the morning of Christmas Eve. Oh, then yes. yeah, we had the whole afternoon Basically, to relax. Basically, the chair that I bought that we planned to hang from the ceiling where there was no joist to hang it from, so that didn't work. And I had bought wallpaper, uh, you know, and I guess you should buy expensive wallpaper if you're going to buy wallpaper. Anyway, Amazon failed me and uh, it didn't line up. So the point was, all I wanted to contest failed. was that it was a relaxing Christmas. I just remember the week before Christmas being fraught with tension as we were trying to get this thing done, which kind of took us away from it, it was, Christmas celebration. Uh, and I wouldn't say it was the whole week. I would say there was like two or three days where we're like, huh, how are we going to do this? As opposed to like... The two or three days, which Christmas was on a Sunday. Yes. So the two or three days was the Monday, like, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, no, no, the Thursday, no, the no, Friday, no. and the Saturday. It was like the Thursday, Friday. So I didn't even start painting it until the Wednesday. And we didn't know anything was wrong at that point. So I would contest that it was three days. I'll grant you that. Okay. Yeah, I preempted that the stress was becoming. So Monday and Tuesday, I Yeah, was you were like, are you going to start painting it? Are you gonna... And I'm like, I'm waiting for the chair to arrive so I can match paint to the... Anyway, Yes. So, but in the end, we had a nice, quiet Christmas. Well, and we got to oh. do her room, and she loves it, which was the scary bit of the whole thing. Yeah, um, in case you didn't like it, yeah, but she loved it. But she loved it. First year in a long time that we haven't had anybody for Christmas. Yeah, the first year in like six or seven, we almost always have mm-hmm. extra people. Yep. And so, New Year's was quiet. I think we were in bed by like nine thirty, ten p.m. Yeah, if that. Yeah, I think we're. You know, that's what old people do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then we purposed to start the year off to seek the Lord. Yes. About what we're going to do. Yeah. For those of you just joining, we are in a. You probably saw the title of this episode, which is all about how we make major life decisions. We are in the season where we're making major life decisions. Yes. And we didn't want to make those decisions out of reaction, reflex, right. need, urgency, which is why we rested for November. Or December. even what we could do or what we thought yeah. up in our own heads or we whatever. We really want to seek the Lord. So yeah. I was excited. Like the part of my brain that loves to plan was finding it difficult the last, I don't know, week or so of December because I was knowing that like come January yeah. we're going to. So I was s- busy cutting down my caffeine intake. So, you know, that was, that mm-hmm. was my focus. <laughs> so January 1st, uh, you know, we were going to see, seek the Lord for the first 10 days. And then you had some really bad, tragic sad news. Do you want to touch on that briefly? Yeah. On the on the 6th, I guess it was, or the 7th, uh, I think it was the 6th, my mom phoned and said that my brother had been uh, rushed to hospital in an ambulance and that he wasn't breathing. And uh, all I knew was that my nephew had done CPR and we had no idea what was going on and so we booked flights and uh, well we I mean you did I was having a hard time keeping it together and you were just like the boss so you got me that's right you got me flights and rented a car and Airbnb and headed up to Toronto. So you flew up to be with your family? Yeah sure enough they had uh, he was in the ICU on life support uh, and ended up, like they tested him as they're bringing him into ICU that he had COVID. Mm-hmm. And what they discovered is that he had COVID and something called RSV, which is often uh, little kids get RSV. I don't know how often it happens in adults. But the doctor explained that uh, 
those two viruses together so overwhelmed his lungs and his heart that they just stopped. So they kept him sedated for 72 hours to try and let his body heal and see then afterwards, you know, is there any brain activity? Is there, they just sort of do this standard thing and they did all the tests and just said that he wasn't going to come back from this. Mm. And so um, on Wednesday, uh, we met as a family, his uh, boys really felt, you know, he would just want to go. And so on Thursday, we um, shut off life support, which was horrible. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. The first two days, um, you know, we would suit up in these, you know, because it's COVID, right? And so... You're in hazmat suits. Yeah, basically, you know, gloves and the whole bit. It took like five minutes to get suited up and the stuff to go in. But the first two days that I went in and I just, you know, I prayed for him and you know, reminded him who he belongs to because many years ago he gave his life to the Lord. And those first two days, his uh, eyebrows would move a bit and his left eye was, you know, tearing when I would, you know, pray for him and read scripture over him and uh, played one of my new favorite songs over him and that kind of stuff. Um, the next two days, there was no response. And it, and it really felt like the first two days, it felt like he was still there for back of, lack of a better term. I don't right. know how to explain it. And then it really felt like he wasn't. Yeah, I remember you saying you could feel a shift in yeah. the two days. I think one of the things that you were most commenting on most commenting on the thing that struck you was your gratitude to john and carol or being part of a church that yeah. did an altar call every sunday every sunday every service every never service. mind even yeah. every sunday like i remember when we trained to MC the night services it was if the speaker doesn't do an altar call the MC doesn't you always do an altar call and i was super thankful for that because he got saved. Because that's how he got saved. Yeah, I remember the day that he walked, because he walked past me, and I just dropped to my knees and started bawling, and John oh. led him to the Lord. And uh, even when I was getting ready to fly down, and I just sent out text messages to some people and asked them to pray, um, and John phoned right away and just said, now is this the brother with the dark hair? You know, I remember me leading him to the Lord, and I was like, that's the, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. I really felt, you know, I had qu- quite a few people praying for my family, which... Uh, obviously we're all really hurting and um, could I could really feel God's presence mm-hmm. s- supporting us and got to have some great conversations with some of my family, which, uh, you know, I don't see them that often. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there was, there was a lot of bright points. I didn't really know my nephews very well. I haven't seen them since we moved down here um, and got to spend quite a bit of time with them and, they're amazing. Like yeah, they are. they're amazing boys, and so men. it just men. Yeah, they're not yeah, boys. They're yeah, they're amazing. 20. Yeah, they're amazing men. And uh, anyway, so that there was like those things where I was like, oh God, like there's I see tons of redemption, and and it's still horribly and it was hard, really hard, and I lost my brother. Yeah. So and he's not in pain anymore, and I know where he is. You know, so it's like. It's the tension of all of that. And I realized like I'll be walking around cleaning the house or doing whatever. And then I just get hit by a wave of sadness. And, you know, much like uh, the loss we were facing in the fall, I'm just trying to uh, feel my feelings and be present with, and it. Be present with it and let it run its course. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, it was 
very, very difficult week, and I could feel God in the midst of a lot of it. Yeah, there's no getting away from a very hard start to the year. Yeah. And undoubtedly, you could feel the presence of God and the prayers of friends and loved ones. Yeah. So very grateful to everybody who prayed for us and but and also all the practical support you received while in Canada. Thank you. Yes. To our yes. Canadian friends and so family. So wonderful. Yeah. You know, when I was planning what we we're gonna share, I didn't I I forgot that it's not that I forgot this is really sad. Yeah. I forgot that talking about death is really sad. Sure. And I don't necessarily want to just jump into something happy and fun to get away from the sadness. No, of course not. But life continues. It does. And you flew home from saying goodbye to your brother, and then what happened? Well, then I got to cuddle the kids, and uh, oh, after that, and then I got to cuddle you. <laughs> we, we had our anniversary. It was our. <laughs> I was more going for it. it was our wedding anniversary, but I did appreciate the cuddles. Yeah, it's yeah. 18. Our marriage is officially an adult. It's an adult. Let me clean your teeth because you have got so much lipstick on your teeth. Okay, there you go. Thanks, darling. That's uh, awesome. Yes, our marriage. Can officially vote. It can. Can go to war. Yes, it can't drink though. Can't buy liquor in no, America. No. Could when we're in Britain. <laughs> Eighteen years of marriage. Eighteen years. If I'd thought about it, we should have done a marriage podcast, but. Wow. Like you know what you've learned from eighteen years of marriage. Boy, what have I learned in eighteen years of marriage? We can we can talk about that later for sure. But uh, wedding anniversary, we. We just went downtown Nashville. Didn't want to really be away from the kids no, again. You'd be yeah, away for yeah. A while. So just went away overnight. Had a lovely friend come and stay with the kids. They were wanted to keep her, and they were fine for us to be gone. So that's nice. Um, but Wait, <laughs> it let was me, still let good. Let me clean up more of your teeth. Oh, no. Okay. Do you, like you're not supposed to put sticky tape or something. Like why is it running <laughs> off? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Only you can see it. Well, I know if they're watching the video, but the microphone is right. <laughs> It's like you have like pink teeth. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was our weekly catch up. We rested hard. Yeah. We had Christmas. We had New Year. Your brother passed away. We went and celebrated our wedding anniversary while I tried to get my bad attitude in check. Yes. All right. Our main topic. Oh, we have a topic. Yep. Comes okay. from a question sent in by Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hannah said this. I am so excited for the journey you're on in navigating your next steps. Mm. You mentioned you're seeking God's will for your lives. Can you unpack your discerning process a bit more? Can we ever? (laughs) How do you know when you're walking in the Father's will? Much love. Take care. Hannah. Well, Hannah, it just so happens that we don't have to answer this question theoretically. It's true. (laughs) Because, just a quick catch-up, if you've not been listening to our episode, AJ and I used to be pastors at a church here that we love very much in Franklin, Tennessee. In September, we got let go from that church. Yeah. And so we've been wondering what we're going to do next. We're firm believers in the goodness of God. We're firm believers that God has a plan for everybody. Yes. Including us. Yep. And so we wanted to take November, December off just to rest, just to recuperate so that we'd be making decisions out of a place of peace rather than out of a place yeah. of uh, a place of urgency or right panic or, or anything like that yeah so our first thing is peace peace is the potting soil of revelation john paul jackson would say that peace yeah. is the potting soil of revelation so if you want to know start from a place of peace yes and then we use a three step process this is not the only way no but it's but it's the way we're it's typically what we do typically what we do yeah Number one, we start with something that I really don't like to do. 
very few people do like to do it. That's not true. I meet psychopaths all the time. Well, I used to like to do it, but I actually think it was out of an unhealthy place. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about fasting. Yeah. Now, yeah. I meet people who are like, oh, I love to fast. When I fast, I feel so close to Jesus. I'm like, when I fast, I feel hungry. I I only feel hungry for about the first six days, oh and then God. I'm okay. No, no, it's present and accounted for for all the days I fast. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> at no point am I like, woo! I'm glad that's over with. Now I feel great. No, I don't. I I fully understand fasting. I I understand why. I understand the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. But all, for me, all of the benefits come after, not during. Like so, these people who are just like, oh, I just feel so close to Jesus. Feel so spiritual. I'm like, no. Well, I, like, I, I don't. I would say I've historically been those people where I I have felt I have felt closer. What about I'm, this time? Well, I mean, I I wasn't. I had just gotten to where I wasn't hungry when I got the phone call about my brother, and that sort of spun everything for yeah. me. But I, why do you why do you fast? I fast to 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 feel kind of closer, like I'm being intentional. Mm. And my my thought, or what I've always understood, is when you feel hungry, that reminds you to pray. That's why I pray without ceasing. <laughs> right. So the the advantage or whatever is that you're you're not doing other things like you're you're not well I was still feeding the kids so I was still making them food and whatever but every time I feel hungry I'd be like right we're doing we're doing something right now we're pursuing you for uh you know what's next and you know it it would it just the hunger is supposed to help focus you on what it is that you're doing in my, my head my favorite verse about fasting mm. Yeah, Psalm 167, I humbled my soul with fasting. Mm. The number one benefit for me when I fast is I humble my soul. Like, I'm pathetic without food. You are. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, you know, any, yeah. any sense of <laughs> self-confidence, strength in my own ability is gone after two meals without food. I'm just like, Father, have mercy on me, you're beloved, you know? <laughs> so I do that. But I, I was reading this morning, Proverbs 16. Let me read you the first couple of verses of Proverbs. Okay. Because this is profound. Proverbs 16, verse 1. Like, we're all talking about, like, how do you find the will of God for your life? It starts with, to man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Mm -hmm. Verse 2, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Number 3, or verse 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Verse 4, the Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. And verse 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. So there's so much in those first five verses. But when I read that, I see fasting as the golden thread that weaves all of those things together. Yeah. Because like point number one, like I'm trying to discern the plans that God has for us. Yes. And I've got fear that what's going to interfere with God telling me his plans for us is my own desires. And right. I love that. Verse 2, it says, all a man's ways seem innocent to him. Yeah, sure. And I don't I don't want my plans. Like one of the things that we've really tried to cultivate in our life is that we're pennies in the hand of the Lord to be spent any way he wishes. Yes. All right? So we, we have like got to this stage of our life trying to push all our poker chips to the center of the table and bet on the Lord. Yes. And go, not my will, but your will yeah. be done. That becomes really difficult when you begin to think that his will might be something you really don't want to do. Yeah. And so one of the big things that we prayed about, first of all, is like, Lord, are we, like, we want to be people who will go anywhere, anytime, 
do anything. Yeah. Even if it's not what we want. Yeah. And it's no secret that we absolutely love Franklin, Tennessee. And so we'd really love to stay in Franklin, Tennessee. But we don't want to do that if you're asking us to be somewhere else geographically. And thank you to everybody who wrote in suggesting that we move to your country. That felt very lovely. (laughs) And I did, seriously, I did appreciate all of the kind. Have you thought about this country? Have you thought about this country? But we don't want our plans. We want God's plans. Yes. And that's not religiosity that we've just learned that things work best when we do that. Yeah. But how do you distinguish between your thoughts and his thoughts? And how do you know that you're not like, oh, God, I'll do anything? Asterix, asterix, asterix. Right, right. For me, when I fast, it distills that real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you hear better. Oh, ab- yeah. Ab- absolutely. Sure. And then, you know, verse 5 says, the Lord detests the proud of heart. Yeah. Uh, some of the scariest moments of my life is when I realize that I've been wrong, but I thought I was right. And the thing that kept me from seeing I was wrong was pride in my heart. Well, when you're fasting, like you humble your soul. Yeah. So fasting for me isn't about hunger strike, isn't about earning anything from God. It's literally about positioning myself in a way that I can hear clearly with much less interference than normal. Yeah. So yeah. what that would look like for me and you is we would we would be fasting, which I don't like talking about. Like this is the, like I want to help people, right. but I also don't want to talk about fasting right. because because you're not supposed, supposed to, be to let anybody secret, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. yeah, we fasted for a bit. Yeah. Right. And there's lots of different fasts you can do, and we've yeah. talked about that. I think. Yeah. One of our episodes, I wrote this down as well. If you're the type of person who wants to know more, oh no, it was episode 167. It was Psalm 35. So earlier when I said it was Psalm 167, that was wrong. Psalm Psalm 35 is I humbled my soul with fasting. Episode 167 is where we talk about fasts and different types of fasting. So if you're reluctantly interested in learning more about fasting, you can listen <laughs> yeah, to our That's a great way of putting you, it. You if you're reluctantly interested. About that. Yeah. Coupled with fasting goes... Praying. Praying. And when we talk about praying, or at least when I talk about praying, I'm talking about what we call two-way journaling. Mm. And two-way journaling is if you were to look at my journal, it looks like a transcript of an of a text message thread. So yeah. like I'm asking the Lord some questions and then he's speaking to me and I'm writing down what I think he's saying. And then I ask him more questions about that. And so you end up like my journal is just filled with this back and forth thread of Jesus speaking to me and me speaking to Jesus. Yeah. Right. And we've talked about that as well. That's uh where have we talked about that? Episode eighteen. But we're about to talk about a course that we're going to be running soon where we'll teach you in depth how to journal. So if you ever want to know the voice of God, if you ever want to learn how to hear the voice of God, stay tuned because we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. But what that would look like is you and I would... We go to separate rooms. Separate rooms. Um, and spend time journaling. And then we would come back together and just share what we had heard. Yeah. I love that. It was so fun. Super vulnerable as well. Yes. Because I would read my journal to you and you would read your journal to me. And often we'd take communion together. Yes. And I, well, we took it every day, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I really loved that. Because, of course, when you're fasting, any little bit of yeah. bread is wonderful. <laughs> you're like, you know, surely we need a bigger cracker than this. <laughs> I want more of the body of Christ. But, yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd go and journal for however long. And then we'd come in and we'd share, with, like, this is what I felt like the Lord saying. And it was tremendous fun. Yeah. To hear that we were on the same page. page. Yeah. We're hearing a lot of similar things. Yeah. And then we would soak together and we mm-hmm. prayed together and we walked together. So we were just trying to intentionally spend our days while we're setting aside time to fast to make our day about what prayer and hearing from him. Yeah. 
Now, I haven't included this. This is probably like step one is fasting. Step two is prayer. Step three, I'm just going to throw in. I'm, I'm going wild here. Uh-oh. One of the things I love that we have done is then we use declarations. Declaration is just a fancy word for speaking back to God what he spoke to us. Yes. So where there was lots of overlap between what you were hearing and I was hearing, or or maybe you would hear something that I didn't hear, but it would really resonate in my spirit or vice versa. Yeah. We would turn all of those things into a list, a declaration. This is what we feel the Lord is saying, yeah. I'm going to do. Yep. And then... We We'd would say take those time. out loud. We would we yeah. turn them into lists. We've got them on our phone, and every day we would declare back to the Lord, which is kind of a funny procedure, but it's totally biblical. Yeah. Right? Second Samuel 7, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. The Lord gives King David easily one of the best prophetic words in Scripture. Hmm. And the first thing King David does is he gets up and he goes into the house of the Lord, and then he says everything back to the Lord that the Lord had just told him. Oh, so cool. And it's powerful because then you're praying back the very thing that Proverbs said, that to man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. And then verse three, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. We're literally declaring back to the Lord the very thing he's told us. Yes. And some of the amazing happens. I know it sounds weird, but what happens is you hear in your own voice, your spirit agreeing with what the spirit of God has said. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I think oftentimes when the Lord speaks, Graham Cook has this great phrase. He says, God meets us with who he is. We meet him with who we're not. Yes. So God will say some stuff and you're like, yeah, but how's that going to happen? Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a fair but amount of that. This? Like, well, what about but, that? But yeah. But when you declare, you bypass all the problems and yeah. you just speak back to the Lord what's going to be. And you're getting your heart in alignment and agreement with what yeah. he's saying, which then starts to silent the what you know the what ifs yeah. those things yeah but it's also that phrase like expression reinforces impression mm-hmm. what started as a thing that you think you heard from god has now moved to something declarative that you're saying okay lord no no my my spirit is aligning with what your spirit is doing yeah so number one pr- uh, fast number two pray number three declare number four probably heard us talk about this most recently on the episode with our friend ben jackson episode 272 we look for confirmation. I'm a big fan of that verse that says, let every matter be established by two or three witnesses. Yes. Yep. So, AJ, what is, talk to the people about how we do confirmations. I'll, I'll say how we don't do it. All right, say how you don't do we it. We don't share what we've heard and say, can you confirm that? <laughs> Which I've heard people say. Like, yeah. I've heard people basically, that's essentially what they're doing. Like, I heard God say this, 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 and this. Do you agree? Do you agree? That's that isn't what we do. Right. What we do is say, Lord, would you have people contact us, reach out to us, and confirm what you've spoken to us? Yeah. So that it's kind of like a a blind confirmation as opposed to, or we even go one step further. Like the last couple of days, we've reached out to friends and family mm-hmm. and just said, Hey, we're in this, we're in a season where we've been praying to the Lord. We feel like we've heard some stuff. Could we ask you to pray for us? And anything you feel like the Lord might be saying, any verses that come to mind, any pictures that you get, would you mind just dropping us? So it's not that we're outsourcing the responsibility for our life and future direction to them. Yes. It's just like, let's see, let's see what lines up. Yeah. And And we're also paying attention to like random phone calls. So like I got a random phone call from, you know, a highly respected prophet who just happened to... I. 
I think they butt dialed me really, uh, but then called back. Lord moves and in then, mysterious ways. <laughs> and and w- that was a great confirmation. So yeah, we do both, but we don't reach out with what we feel like the Lord's saying. We just ask people that we trust to pray. Although it is important to note that eventually we will. Yes, of so, course we will. So we're not trying to be cryptic right now. Where we are in the process is we have been praying and fasting. We feel like we've heard a lot of stuff from the Lord. Yes. We've been declaring that every day. Yep. This week, we've been asking our friends and our family and those closest to us, hey, like, could you pray? And if you get anything, there will take a couple of weeks to just collate all that. Yes. And once we've got that, then we'll start forming what we feel like the Lord's been saying out to, you know, our trusted friends and the people we're accountable to and just yep. saying, hey, this is the direction we feel like the Lord. And we're inviting input, input, scrutiny, criticisms, yep. curiosity, questions, because the last thing we want to do is be... um Territorial. Yes. Because whenever you seek the Lord, we know in part, we hear in part. Yes. So even on our best day, we're only ever going to hear part of what the Lord's saying. Right. And so you hear in community. And so, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll just, we'll collect these words that come in and then we'll just start forming them out. And then we'll start talking about it publicly. Yeah. Because we feel like we've got the I's dotted and the T's crossed and we've got some sort of you know, confirmation. And then, like, it's funny, though. Like, I was thinking this morning when the Lord called Moses Mm. and said, hey, go to Pharaoh. And he's like, what? But we'll give me a sign. The Lord says the sign will be once you've done that, you'll worship at this mountain. (laughs) I was like, that's not much of a sign. (laughs) Thanks, God. But sometimes you find confirmation as you walk it out. Yes. As you head in a direction. But that's how we do it. Like, There's probably lots of different ways, but we love fasting just for purifying the heart. We love prayer because we're seeking the Lord. We love declaration because we're speaking back to him what he's already told us. And we love confirmation. Mm-hmm. And then we love distillation, you know, distill it to others and find out what's and, there. And, and then see what's there, yeah. Then we head in that direction. Yeah. So I guess what's fun about that question is it's not, as you say, it's not theoretical. Don't, um very much And not. we're actually walking out exactly that process right now. So those of you that are, you know, listening or watching the podcast or the video, uh, you're on the journey with us as we walk this whole thing out and uh, and literally you know, live it before your eyes. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you get any words for us, feel free to send them in. Like we're, yep. we're love all, to hear it. always looking for confirmation. Yep. And that's one of the things we love about the Holy Spirit. I mentioned earlier that we're going to be launching a new course. Yes. And on this course, you're going to learn the actually the very first thing we teach. I say we teach, you do all the teaching. The very first thing you teach is how to hear God's voice. You spend a week teaching people how to do that very journaling thing. Talk to us, A.G. Jones, about the course that you're going to be launching in February. So a number of years ago, I wrote a book called Finding Father, and it is a Bible study. So it's a 12-week Bible study where we're walking through God's heart for us, basically. Oh, and I love that. Um, Looking at places where we need to unhook from things we've believed and and um, gather new truths about who he is and who he wants to be well, to it, us. Yeah, it's a, it's a question we get asked all the time. I just got asked it last night. Like, how do you know God's voice and how do you know that God loves you? Yeah. And you're really answering both those questions. Yes. Not uh, like theoretical, theological answers, although they're there. Theological, yeah. Yeah. But it's really an experiential journey. Yes. And then uh, a number of years after that, I actually got to uh, record a bunch of videos that 
go with the teachings. Every week, yeah. Um, so what we'll be running is uh, an online course where I'm going to get to coach you through the Bible study and meet with you and process and answer questions and that kind of thing as we go through the study together and uh, all the video teachings and all that. So So if you're in starting off this new year and you're wanting a deeper relationship with Jesus, if you want to know how to hear God's voice really, really clearly, if if you hear people talk about their relationship with God and you're like, man, I, I would love more of that. This is an excellent, excellent course. And so how it's going to work is you've got the book, and each week you will read, it's, as AJ said, it's a 12-week study. Yeah. You will on your own. I think, what is there? There's five lessons each week. Yes. So you don't have to do it every single day. No, and they're not huge lessons. Like, it's purposely designed to not be... I'm not going after your head. It's going after the heart and, and connection and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So there's short readings to do each day and, and some processing and questions to do and things like and that. And then there's the accompanying video course that goes into that week's topic in a lot more detail. Yes. That you can watch on your own your own time. Sometime that like. week. Yeah. And then every second week you will meet with people live on Zoom where you can Yeah. Answer questions yep. pray and for people, pray for people, to them. help them through whatever's, yeah, if we're getting stuck, that kind of stuff. And you ran a version of this a number of years ago. It was the Finding Father Summer School. We didn't want to wait till summer before launching this. So you're going to be launching it in spring. Yes. We had people from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that you can go at your own pace and you have some structure because you have you yeah. meeting with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun the last time we did it. I just loved it. So. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing it again. And so if you've bought the book, you're almost there. All you need is access to the video course. Yeah. And if you've bought uh, the video course in the past and you have a copy of the book, but you want to get in on AJ's coaching as well, there's an option to do that. And everybody who signs up, as long as you sign up before February, February 25th is when you kick off. So we'll probably shut registration a little bit earlier that week, is you'll also have a whole online forum where you can post. AJ will be in there active during the week as well. Um, answering questions, you can encourage one another. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, community of people when you're doing the school together. And that's going to be launching. If you want information about that or if you want to sign up or if you want to get answers to all your questions for that, if you go to alanandaj.com slash spring or look for a link in the show notes. Sounds good. It's funny, <laughs> you know, we've done run these courses a number of different times. Yeah. And it's always tricky finding a time that works for everybody around the world. Yes, because we typically, may have cracked it. Woohoo, yeah. I figured out that if we do Saturdays yeah. at 2 p.m. Nashville time, yes. that works out for people in Europe. That's like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. for people in Europe. But it's also like 7 a.m. for people in Australia. And we can get a large population of the world if we do it at 2 p.m. Okay. So we're going to try so that's it. That's what at we're 2 trying this time, yeah. On Saturdays. Yeah. So good. Are you ready for a listener's question? Yes, I think so. I love that you answered that honestly. You paused, well, you thought. You know. <laughs> All right. Listener's question. Yeah. This is a sad and a hard question to answer, but it's a great question. It's worthy of a really good answer. It's from Lydia. Lydia says, I've been a victim of spiritual abuse in the church by my pastor and some of the leadership. How do I move forward with my relationship with the Lord when I feel so much anger and hurt with what happened? This makes me not want to trust people in and outside of the church, especially those in leadership. Thank you for your ministry. You're both a blessing. 
How would you help Lydia and anybody else who's been through heartache, disappointment, betrayal, uh, spiritual abuse by Christian leaders? I mean, I guess, first of all, I want to say I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really sorry that that's been your experience, and I'm really sad that that happens. Yep. I mean, I I think your number one key, which is maybe going to sound really trite, is just do your best to forgive as things come up, you yeah. know, like, uh, and, and it may be that you're forgiving for the same thing, like, you know, 70 times in a row. Uh, but, but do your best to, um, forgive and, and probably it'd be good if you had somebody that you could process with. So helpful. Um, so I would suggest, uh, you know, seeing a, a therapist or a licensed counselor or something like that who could maybe help you process uh, some of the wounding and uh, what's happened so that you can mm-hmm. kind of get free of it. Because often I think I think what sometimes scares me is sometimes the, a Christian response is put a Bible Band-Aid on it, like just cover it up with a scripture verse and don't feel your feelings. Right. And uh, eventually you'll get over it. And, and I don't think you will. Uh, I, I really don't. I think when, when, when the band-aids all start to fall off, uh, you're going to realize it's still there and it hurts Mm -hmm. just as bad, you know? And so, yeah, I think getting some help processing with safe people would be super important. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the two things I would add about forgiveness is unfortunately, the advice of you just need to forgive can also be a band-aid like, oh, you just need to have this, you know, Bible verse applied. Sure, yeah. And I think one of the things that would be really helpful, Lydia, to understand is that forgiveness is not an event, it's a process. Yes. So, you you know, it's not that you wake up and you're like, okay, today I'm going to forgive everybody and then it will be done. No, I think the thing I love about your description is you're using really good language to describe what happened to you. Mm. Because often what happens is when we've experienced disappointment, betrayal, hurt, um, or, or spiritual abuse, the, a whole confusion can come on you. We're like, is it me? Is it them? Especially in very, very toxic environments. So I love that you've got the language of like, hey, this has happened to me, which is really helpful because you can begin to heal once you can begin to name things. But I would say I would agree with AJ that, that and you've done a good job of understanding, hey, I realize these people have hurt me. The Lord hasn't. Right. But, now what? <laughs> but how can I trust other people the Lord's going to ask me when that's there? Yeah. And I think that's why having a skilled outside perspective is really, really helpful. Having people who are skilled in trauma therapy, people who are skilled perhaps even in spiritual abuse, super, super helpful, where you can uh, untangle all of the stuff that naturally surrounds us when we've gone through an experience like that. There's some really helpful books that I'll put in uh, in the uh, show notes. One that I can think of right now is by Dr. Chuck DeGroat. It's called When Narcissism Comes to Church. It's all about narcissistic pastors and leaders. Very, very helpful. Um, and there's another book. It's based on Psalm 23. I can't remember the name of the title of it. It was a green cover. I'll put a link to that as well. And that's one person's journey of, of like detangling and detoxifying coming out of a, a church experience. The next piece of advice I want to give you, I don't want to be cold and callous, and and hopefully that doesn't come across here, but it is important to understand, this is going to sound trite, but let me use the example, if it's too trite, I'll apologize profusely. 
Let's say that you've never eaten pizza before and you go to a pizza restaurant and you get food poisoning from that pizza restaurant. Naturally, physiologically, biologically, you're going to be you're going to have a lot of work to do before you ever want to eat pizza again. Yes. Because the last time you remember having pizza was just, you know, days a and negative days of experience. dysentery. And <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. But also, as an adult, you can separate and go, well, that was one pizza experience. It doesn't mean the next pizza experience is going to be like that. And sometimes we have to kind of remove ourselves and go, that was that church environment. Or maybe it wasn't the whole church. Maybe it was that one leader. And actually... I actually have to understand that there are other churches that are really safe and there are other leaders that are really safe. And I think that's where it helps to have external support because you don't want to necessarily rush into that, but nor do you want to allow your pain to dictate your future choices. I don't want to be callous in saying that. I think you, Lydia, from the way you're phrasing your question, you already understand that and you're, and you, you know, you're looking for some help. Lydia, I want to agree with what AJ said and just say, I'm really sorry you experienced pain at the hand of leaders. And um, I love that you're asking for help. That's a really good thing to do, that you haven't internalized it, that you haven't you know, written a story about it being your fault. That's key to healing and moving forward. But I think what AJ said is practicing forgiveness, which will be a repeated thing to do, getting some skilled outside perspective, whether that's counseling, whether that's therapy, whether that's other resources, mm -hmm. and then also being able to handle zooming out and realizing this was my experience here. It doesn't have to be my experience yeah. here. The, the, there still are other church communities that are safe, that are healthy, you know, and um, while it might take some time to find one, to not give up basically on the body of Christ because of a painful situation because then then you rob us also of you know you rob the body of christ of relationship with you yeah. and, and then you're you're going it on your own you're not designed to do that either so i i always struggle to answer questions like that lydia because i i'm i'm aware that trauma is complex yes wounding is rich and painful and you know, there's so much to untangle and it can almost seem trite and over-trivialized and just simplistic. Be like, oh, well, just forgive and read a book and move on. That's really not what we're saying. And it is the mechanisms by which people can find healing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it alone. Reach out. I'm glad that you asked. I hope that helps. Yes. So our thanks to Hannah and to Lydia for sending in your questions. Thank you so much for doing that. It gives us some good things to talk about. Yeah, if you've got questions or if you've got things that you'd like us to talk about, head to alanaj.com slash ask where you can fill in those questions. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would write a review for us in the podcast uh, client of your choosing. And if you're listening to that and you're thinking, I know somebody who might be helped by this episode, please share the podcast. It helps us greatly when people leave reviews and people share things. If you would like to watch the video version and watch Alan trying to get the lipstick off my teeth at certain at many points, really, during this podcast. Uh, you can do that by becoming a member. To sign up to do that, you would go to alanandaj.com slash join. It's also worth noting that members get discounts off all our products, including the course that we've just launched. And you also get priority Q&A. So if you've got a question that's burning and you happen to be a member, it goes to the top of the queue. There you go. Well, that about wraps up this episode. It does. Yeah, we are praying that if you are facing life-changing decisions that you're encouraged by the disciplines of fasting, prayer, 
declaration and confirmation. If you want to reach out and say hello, we're on all the social medias. Is that right? All the platforms. We're on all the websites. <laughs> we're on all the interwebs. On the nets. Uh, we're really not. We're not on TikTok and we're not on, what's the other we're one? We're really not. Snapchat. No. We're on the boring three. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Alan and AJ. Stop by, say hi, and we'll be back same time, same place next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.